is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. We each have a part within us that is homeless, that place that we do not recognize, have not healed, and do not want to face. What part of you is waiting to be called home? What exists within our world is here to show us what exists inside of us. I'm going to ask you tonight to really listen intently as I have a very special guest on, and I want you to recognize that the homeless situation in our country is here not only to be addressed, but to also show you what part of you is homeless. Honor that homeless part of you as you listen and the many homeless teens that are in the United States. And I will ask you repeatedly throughout the show to make a donation to Reciprocity Foundation. Each year, up to 2.8 million youth experience homelessness, a group roughly equivalent to 1% of the U.S. population. The causes of homelessness are numerous and range from being orphaned, fleeing chronic abuse, or simply escaping economic problems. Some youth are called throwaways because their parents and guardians force them out of the home simply because of sexual orientation or belief systems. My guest tonight is Adam Bucko. He and Taz Tagore founded the Reciprocity Foundation to enable homeless and high-risk youth and young adults to permanently exit the social services system and start meaningful, sustainable careers in the creativity economy. Through this organization, they are able to mentor, coach, support individuals that are on our streets in having very meaningful lives, in reaching and accessing places that can give them the support, the education, the tools to be productive citizens. And this is an amazing man that you're going to hear speak tonight, and the work that they're doing is incredible. And it's time that we not just see things that are going on around us, but we recognize that we can't sit back. We must take part. We must actually participate and support the healing of these many things that are going on in our country. So I'd like to welcome Adam Bucko to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Adam, to the show. Hi, Simran. How are you doing today? Very, very well. Thank you. I'd like to give our listeners first an idea of how this all came about, because so often we can see homeless individuals on the street, uh, homeless teens and youth that probably many people don't even recognize as homeless, and many people will have pity on that or sadness about that, uh, and then they'll kind of move on with their day, move on with life. They don't really act on it, or they don't really understand what's behind it and, and what really is going on behind the scenes. So tell me how this whole venture began in supporting these youth. Well, you know, for me, uh, my story begins in Poland, where I was born and where I grew up. 
uh, it was a totalitarian uh, country, so uh, from very early on, I was very aware of social problems and what the, and how those problems impacted our lives. Um, in terms of me getting involved with homeless kids, uh, that began in about 2000 uh, when I went to India. I originally went to India to become a monk to enter uh, a Hindu Christian monastery in the Himalayas. And on my way to that monastery, I met a homeless child. You know, she just came up to me, took my hand, and walked with me for about five or so minutes, asking me to buy her something to eat. It was a devastating experience for me. Before going to India, I've heard, uh, you know, stories about uh, kids and beggars and how we should never give them money because then they will never leave us alone. But all of a sudden, I was there on a dark street in the middle of the night uh, with this homeless child. You know, I looked at her and all I could see was just skin and bones. Her face was burned with cigarettes. Clearly, she was in a very bad shape. And as a result of that experience, I decided to do something about it. And I started inquiring about uh, youth homelessness and why kids are homeless in India and then eventually in the United States. So for me, that was the beginning of my work. And, and that really would be a very profound experience, particularly when we meet a child in that situation. But it's also just as profound that you took the time to really recognize it and then act, act upon that. So as you came to the United States and you were able to come across other homeless youth, which for many people I uh, may not even realize are homeless. I, I watched some television videos that were done in New York, and uh, you had pointed out on the street some young girls with backpacks, and had I passed by them, I may not have even realized that they were homeless youth. So tell me a little bit about these kids. You know, what are, how, how do we recognize them? What are they doing? What is their life like? Well, you know, in a culture where images everything, Kids who are, not, who are in crisis uh, will try anything not to look in crisis because, you know, everyone wants to belong. Everyone wants to at least look like they, as if they were doing well. And so, you know, once you start working with homeless kids and once you start paying attention to those kids, uh, you'll just... Uh, learn how to recognize them. And for me, uh, you know, when I see kids on the streets of New York City, for example, most homeless kids have this look, you know, you look at them and they are searching. They are afraid. They are confused. Uh, and they are trying so hard not to be noticed. Uh, and for me, you know, that is a sign that someone might be in crisis. And um, so... You know, this work with homeless kids in the United States, as I mentioned, for me, it all started in India. Uh, I came back uh, to the United States because I got quite sick, you know, working on the streets of India and living in a monastery there. Uh, and when I moved back uh, to the States, I started working with homeless kids in Florida, on the streets of Florida. Uh, and it was a very good initiation for me. First of all, coming here from India, I realized that uh, even though it's not so obvious, we have people in this country uh, who live in uh, third world conditions. You know, it's just, it's very difficult to see them because they are hidden. They are on the back streets uh, of our cities. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started working with, with some of those kids uh, in Orlando, Florida, uh, I realized that 
it's a it's a huge problem. Um, you know, each year, as you mentioned, um, there are over two million homeless kids. Um, you know that, that, that basically end up on the streets uh, of our cities. Um, and uh, my job in Orlando, for example, when I started this work, was to basically hang out on the streets of Orlando, uh, become part of their street fabric, and be there whenever something happens to one of those kids, uh, and basically try to, you know, whenever they reach crisis, to try to take them uh, outside of that situation, take them to a shelter, and connect them to services. While in Orlando, I realized that um, you know, the organization that I was working for and pretty much most of the organizations that, that work with homeless youth uh, are primarily focused on basics, uh, such as food and shelter. So um, kids who are homeless have, have access to services that focus on food and shelter, uh, which means that they are able to go to, to, to a shelter, stay there usually for about 16 months, two years. Uh, while in the sh- shelter, they are required to uh, have a job. So, um, you know, they are able to save some money. Unfortunately, they only have access to minimum wage jobs because most of those kids never went to school. They don't really have any education, any skills. And after they graduate from those programs, they usually rent apartments or move into a room with someone. Uh, my discovery while working in Orlando was that even though kids are graduating from all of those programs, usually within weeks or months they are back on the street simply because they don't have skills that can enable them to sustain their apartment, to sustain their room. Uh, and by then they are usually 21, which over 21, which means that they can't go back to the youth services system. Uh, so statistically, their graduation from a program for homeless youth looks like a success. But it's not. It's, it's actually more like a temporary Band-Aid that Absolutely. falls off, and then we still Absolutely. have the same wound. Absolutely. They just graduated from being a homeless youth to a homeless adult. And then it becomes a real problem. You know, they no longer have access to services um, and that are customized for young people, so to speak. And this was one of the reasons why uh, my co-founder, Tastagor and I started the Reciprocity Foundation. Our goal is to work with kids who live in homeless shelters, who go to drop-in centers for, uh, for homeless youth, and to give those kids access to real tools that can enable them um, to uh, build sustainable lives that are, you know, meaningful and, um, and exciting, you know? Well, and I think that a lot of people have a misconception or, or have a certain belief about what homeless means. You know, there are many people, and I did a little bit of, of talking to people just to kind of get an idea prior to our show, to ask them what their opinion was of homeless people. And unfortunately, so many of them said to me, oh, well, those people just don't want to work. They just, they're trying to freeload. They're just trying to take an easy way out. And I don't think that's easy. You know, to be on the street is not an easy thing. And I don't know that it's it's truly right for us to place a label on on people that are homeless and say they're not willing to work or they're not not uh, capable of doing anything or they're kind of a waste of society because obviously when you're working with these kids and you're giving them the skills they are people that want to be engaged with community they want to be in society absolutely not only do they want to work but they also in addition to that 
wants to do something that can better their community. Uh, that is one of the big realizations that I had. Once we started um, to work with those kids and once we started giving them tools, uh, quite a few of our kids uh, you know, got really successful, went to good colleges, uh, got jobs in Fortune 500 companies. Um, you know, some kids, uh, a couple of them became pretty well known through different uh, TV programs and reality series um, programs. And what we discovered is that once they got successful, they came back to us and they said, you know what, I want to make a difference. I want to help other kids. Just last week, for example, uh, a kid came to me, a kid who graduated from our program about two and a half years ago. Um, while in the program, he was studying to be a fashion stylist. He worked very hard. Um, you know, he, he, he got pretty successful. His work uh, has been published in uh, Harper's Bazaar and some of the other, um, you know, fashion-oriented magazines. Um, he started making a living this way, and he came to me and said, look, now I'm ready. Now I want to mentor other kids. I want to make sure that they have access to someone like me who can help them to become successful in my field. That is wonderful. I am with Adam Bucko, one of the co-founders of Reciprocity Foundation. This is an organization that supports our homeless youth in attaining the services and the tools and the technologies and the education and the support that they need to go out and be productive members of society. We are only good as our weakest link. We are only going to be as successful as the person that is at the bottom of our social system. So it is imperative that we reach out and we support these individuals, particularly our youth. They are our future. I am asking for you to go to the website, reciprocityfoundation.org, and in this moment, make a donation in honor of a child and in honor of the part of yourself that has been homeless. They are in need of computers. They are in need of monthly monetary support for other enterprises. Help us help these kids. We'll be right back with Adam Bucko and the reciprocityfoundation.org. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics 
Voice of Consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Homeless shelters, foster homes, and subsidized housing programs are focused on getting youth off the street. But once in the shelter system, few agencies have the means to help homeless youth return to society as productive, healthy individuals. To make matters worse, scarce resources and time are dedicated to helping even high-functioning homeless youth start careers and go to college. Currently, most vocational programs place homeless youth in low-skill, low-wage jobs with few opportunities for professional mobility. As a result, homeless youth become chronically homeless adults. The Reciprocity Foundation's programs fill a much-needed gap in this system by providing programs and hands-on work opportunities that enable homeless youth to break the cycle of poverty and start sustainable careers. Better yet, many of these youth go on to live very productive lives and come back to support more youth in getting out of their circumstances through Reciprocity Foundation. My guest today is Adam Bucko, one of the founders, co-founders. The other is Taz Tagore. And we are talking about uh, the efforts that he is making. And I'm asking all of my listeners to take a moment and go to the website, reciprocityfoundation.org, and make a donation there and support these programs and supporting uh, these wonderful kids in, in having a chance. Now, Adam, we were talking about one of the kids that had come back. He had gone into fashion, and he had come back and wanted to support uh, support other other youth. So you have many situations where this occurs, and, and people come back and pay it forward like that. Oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, we're just starting a new program, uh, Reciprocity Fellowship, which essentially is going to be a program for kids who graduated from our programs and now... Uh, wants to work with youth. Uh, you know, my goal for the foundation would be um, uh, to, to basically enable these kids to eventually take over the foundation and run reciprocity, um, because I think that they have a certain credibility, you know, from which they can talk to other youth. Uh, and so we have many examples of kids who, um, who, who are doing that. One of our students, for example, recently um, you know, got involved uh, in HIV activism. His mom died of AIDS. 
He was born with HIV, and so now he's using his life to, to, to make a difference in the world. Just recently, he went to Africa, uh, where he worked with, uh, with HIV-positive kids. He spoke at the UN, appeared on national television, um, and now he's actively running groups around the city for, for, for kids uh, who, who are HIV-positive. Uh, another uh, kid that comes to mind, uh, the, her day job used to be uh, head manager of a trendy vegan restaurant in New York City, uh, and after hours, uh, she does advocacy programs uh, for homeless LGBT uh, youth. Uh, again, uh, in her view, she has a responsibility to uh, to do something for the kids, to do something for people that she wants to belong to. Well, it, it's most definitely true that our experiences shape us to become the individuals that we become. And it seems that when people go through such hard experiences in life and they're able to come out on the other side, especially with compassionate love and support from individuals and organizations like Reciprocity Foundation and yourself, then they do come back and make a difference. They do come back and become very active in society. And right now with the way our world is, the way our country is, we need those kinds of hearts and those kinds of voices because they're passionate when they come back. They believe in what they're doing. They're coming from experience. Absolutely. In my view, homeless youth have a very unique take on what it means to be alive, you know. Uh, because they've been broken by so many things in their lives, that enabled them uh, to, to, to look at the world and to relate to the world in a very different way. Uh, and I think that right now, um, in these times, we desperately need what they have to offer. We need to learn from that. You know, in Native American societies, um, an individual who, who, who was training to be a shaman, usually the requirement for, 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 uh, for that kind of a journey was that a person goes through a horrifying experience that essentially initiates that person into, uh, you know, seeing differently. And in my view, homeless kids also take that kind of a similar journey, and as a result, they become very creative, they become visionaries, and we need their visions, we need their imagination, um, and with their help, we can heal uh, not only um, you know, people who live on the margins, but also ourselves and our world. Most definitely, and and it's just it's a shame that we have to think that that kids are on the street, that youth ends up that way. Because you really, most people would not think about the children; they would think about adults, they would think about the ones that they normally see, and and like you say, we don't see those kids. Now, I do know that some of them have attained uh, some pretty high level places. I know one of your young people ended up on uh, America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks, and uh, like you said, others. Have have gotten into uh, high-level uh, Fortune 500 companies and you know, especially situations. With the, with, uh, I'm sorry. Especially the person who ended up on um, on America's Next Top Model. She was the first transgender model in the history of the show, um, and uh, also the most talked about model in the history of the show. When you Google her name, there. Um, you know, over a millions of uh, over a million of different articles that mention her, uh, and you know, some people might think, well, you know, America's Next Top Model, pure entertainment, but but it's actually not pure entertainment. In this case, um, you know, she really helped. Uh, she really helped to initiate 
uh, a new um, a new discussion on what it means to be beautiful. Uh, you know, and as a result, you know, she ended up on many different shows like Larry King and etc. Um, and now I think she's bringing the cause of transgender people into the forefront. Uh, and I see that as a, as a very beneficial thing to our society, and I feel very proud of her, you know. Well, and I agree, because we need to expand our minds and open our hearts to the many varieties of people, the many types of problems, the many different social situations that are going on, because only when we can open our heart and embrace all of this can we recognize the unity that we have. It really isn't about how different we all are. It's more so about how connected we are because of our pain and because of our love. Absolutely, and, you know, we help... We work with a very diverse group of uh, kids, and we help them to see what unifies them, what connects them, uh, through all kinds of spiritual practices that, that we introduce to them. You know, all of our kids do yoga, all of our kids learn how to meditate, and as a result of that, they are able to get in touch with something very authentic within themselves, something that is connected to other kids, um, you know, that they are studying with, and then that authenticity, that that um, that that place, you know, of 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 feeling truly themselves, energizes the steps that they need to take uh, in order to uh, be successful in the world. That's wonderful, and you do offer many programs that p- focus on personal transformation. You do offer yoga, meditation transformative counseling. You bring in some amazing speakers. Uh, You've brought in Andrew Harvey to speak to the kids, I believe, before, and others. And that's that's huge. I mean, if they could do that just for, for the average child that's not homeless in school systems, you know, it would transform our school systems completely to have this kind of program. So I can only imagine the effect that it is having on these kids in creating a strong foundation and a centering place for them so that they can maneuver themselves even when ground gets shaky. Yes, and, you know, what we discovered is that before we even start with career counseling and and connecting them to different internships and different things that can, uh, you know, get them ahead in their professional life, before that happens, we we teach them contemplative practices uh, um, that uh, somehow include the body, so yoga, uh, contemplative movement, and the reason for that is uh, a lot of our kids have been sexually abused, and so they, they tend to perceive their body as something that ha- that is working against them, something that has been used against them, and so we discovered that if we can enable them uh, to reconnect with their bodies in a loving and compassionate way, their relationship with the world changes because, you know, we relate to the world through our bodies. So how we relate to our bodies is a metaphor for how we relate to the world. And so that is one of the reasons why we do a lot of yoga and, and other things that include the body. And then once that happens, we introduce them to meditation, and that just really changes their lives. And I am with Adam Bucko, ReciprocityFoundation.org. They create many projects and programs to support our homeless youth in attaining the skills and the tools that they need to go out and be productive members of our society to come back and then help others that have been in their situation. They are able to learn business skills. 
they collaborate with corporate leaders, and they are able to even access college educations. Reciprocity Foundation needs your help. They are in. They are seeking laptop computers. They are in need of funds to help support more of these programs and help more of these youth. It's not enough to put a child in a shelter. We have to give them the tools to live. I am with Adam Bucko, who's a trained sociologist, lecturer, social services sector consultant, and a veteran homeless youth program coordinator. You can connect to him at reciprocityfoundation.org or their phone number, 347-546-2670. We'll be right back with Adam Bucko. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
Adam Bucko, co-founder of ReciprocityFoundation.org, has performed extensive research on new models for the youth shelter system and has worked directly with homeless children and youth for nearly 10 years. He has collaborated with Covenant House, Coalition for the Homeless, and Stand Up for Kids on program development and has also shaped programming at an experimental community of the poor in India. He holds undergraduate and graduate degrees in theology, philosophy, and social science and taught sociology and gender issues at Adelphi University. He has begun ReciprocityFoundation.org, which each year supports many, many kids in receiving the tools necessary, whether they are the spiritual and mental types of tools or whether they are the business types of tools in getting out and being able to be productive members of society. Each year, up to 2.8 million youth experience homelessness, a group roughly equivalent to 1% of the U.S. population. The causes of homelessness are numerous and range from being orphaned, fleeing chronic abuse, and simply escaping economic problems. Some youth are called throwaways because their parents and guardians force them out of the home because of sexual orientation or disbelief. I urge you to go to his website, reciprocityfoundation.org, and provide them a donation that can support them in initiating some of their other programs and supporting the ongoing efforts for uh, Adam Bucko and his team with these kids. Uh, take the time to let others know as well about this wonderful organization, and let's help support the youth of our country because we are really only as good as the children that we're bringing up. Adam, I want to talk about um, what it really means to be sacredly active. And, and before we go into that, I'm sure there have been struggles in trying to do this work. And it, it takes an amazing human being to continuously, day after day, number one, face the kind of pain that I'm sure you see in many children, um, some of them making it, some of them falling back, some of them continuously trying and and still not getting through. Uh, So tell me a little bit about what the struggles have been and how you keep hope alive, um, how you keep yourself going in, in doing this type of work. Well, you know, we've had many struggles from the very beginning. First of all, uh, for the first year or so, we operated uh, without uh, any funds. So each of us had um, two, three different jobs. Uh, I was working as a counselor uh, at a homeless shelter and was doing overnights, and then I would go straight uh, to the office in the morning to, 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 to work with our kids, and then in the evenings I was teaching sociology at a local university. Uh, it was very difficult, you know, to to get funds for this kind of uh, work because the system of um, uh, homeless youth providers is is built on a very different philosophy than what we wanted to do. Uh, Most uh, at-risk and homeless kids are pushed into low-wage, low-skill jobs, you know. Uh, And so when we started talking about kids who were uh, supposed to be able to achieve their dreams, you know, and realize their full potential and do amazing things in the world. No one really believed us that it's possible. And for us, it was a social justice issue, really, because uh, what right do I have to tell someone that uh, they are not capable to be successful in the world, that they are not capable to do something that will change the world? I have no right. Uh, to say that to anyone. And so it took us a while to convince funders that our vision, um, you know, was was something that could be turned into reality. 
Uh, and as we started working with homeless kids, uh, you know, funding has always been difficult. Uh, it's very difficult to sustain the organization. Uh, also, when it comes to kids, you know, like the, the kids that we work with are from 16 to 23. So they are youth and young adults. People love talking about children, so to speak, you know, small children, because people think, oh, they're very cute and etc. But when it comes to youth, most people are really afraid of them, you know? Oh, you're right. You're right. You know, unless, and I would not have thought about that, but as you were speaking it, I thought, wow, people probably are from that age group. They would be more apt to step back rather than step forward. Absolutely. And so, you know, for example, once we had enough funds uh, to start a program, no one wanted to rent us a space. Uh, so we started our program in one of the New York City's um, coffee shops. Uh, where we were meeting kids and providing counseling, eventually we found someone who was willing to offer us a space. And it just so happened that a few months ago we lost that space because, um, you know, the landlord was pushed into foreclosure. A big, a big bank uh, took over uh, the building, and we got a two-week notice. Uh, all of a sudden, we were on the street with all of our kids. And it's so interesting, you know, because this really, this situation uh, really defines how social responsibility works in this country. So we were kicked out of this building by this new company that took over. Uh, and I just went to that building a few days ago, and now they have a big sign uh, that says that, you know, the, we are we support homeless children, and if you have anything, you know, used notebooks or anything that you want to donate, we're willing to take your donations, and we will um, give it to organizations that work with homeless children. That's like the first thing that you see when you walk into that building. It's 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 little, you know, it's a big sign that says that. And it's interesting, you know, they kick out an organization that works with homeless kids. They were merciless with us, um, and yet. You know, when it comes to their public face, they want to be viewed as someone who supports. Well, and that's just it. You know, I'm, I'm featuring you in the November-December issue of 1111, and that one is themed on changing paradigms. And we are at a place in our country where we need to really look at how everything is done. We cannot be this capitalistic country anymore. We have to recognize that it's time to really recognize what's necessary for everyone, not just for one person. And it's so important to change these paradigms, to create these new systems, these new programs, the types of things that Reciprocity Foundation stands for. It's so important to say, let's try doing something different, because if we keep doing what we've been doing, we'll keep getting what we've been getting. Absolutely, and we really have to change the paradigm. You know, uh, right now, for example, um, everyone is very excited about social entrepreneurship and how, uh, you know, uh, adopting all the corporate tools um, um, and trying to use those to change the world, how, how that will, you know, solve all of our problems. Uh, and I'm not so optimistic about that, you know, because a lot of those tools, as effective as they are, they also come with a very specific uh, capitalistic culture, you know, where, where people are reduced to numbers. Um, and I don't think that that's the way, uh, you know, that will enable us to solve um, our problems. We literally have to reevaluate everything, um, and we have to start small. We have to start, you know, one friendship at a time. 
changing how we relate to other human beings, and then um, move into enterprises that I that are based on mutual respect, compassion, um, and, and a desire to do things differently. Well, and, and just the exhibit of homelessness in our country is an illustration of where we are in consciousness. It's, it's where we are treating ourselves. It's how we are treating people. And we have to get back to our deep, deep levels of compassion. We have to get back to that place where we recognize that that person that has nothing is as divine as the person who seems to have everything. It's so important that we change our views, change our paradigms on all fronts, but someone such as yourself and the team that you have working in Reciprocity Foundation, how do you keep your heart going? How do you not break down? And, well, you uh, know, I, I come from a contemplative uh, tradition, so to speak, uh, even before starting um, you know, to, 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 to work with homeless kids. Uh, I led a contemplative life, uh, and what I mean by that is I was committed to... to, 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 to to spiritual practice, and I kind of, uh, part of my 20s was really dedicated to that. Um, you know, I, I went to different monasteries, eventually uh, wanting to uh, stay at that monastery in the Himalayas, where I thought I might spend a good part of my life. Um, and so, for me, it's my contemplative practice and that really sustains me. So, so I have certain practices that I do every day. Uh, you know, I... I uh, I try to start a day with, with, with prayer, then I do uh, meditation, then when I get to the office, uh, we try to meditate as a group with, with, with all of our, um, you know, employees. Uh, in addition to that, I do what is called the prayer of the name, which is repeating God's name. Um, you know, whenever I remember, when I'm on the train, when I'm walking around, uh, I also try to do daily Lectio Divina, which is uh, the translation of that is divine reading, which essentially is taking passages from sacred scriptures and reading them in a contemplative way, not so much for information, but in a way that can open, open one's heart and, um, and penetrate um, and penetrate it with, with what the energy, what the spirit of that particular passage is all about. Uh, and in addition to, the, to, to, to that, I would say I have few spiritual friends and few mentors who really support me and help me to get through all of my difficulties. You know, working with homeless kids and doing this work is definitely not easy, but all of those things definitely help. And I am with Adam Bucko, one of the co-founders of Reciprocity Foundation. It is very important to understand that as we delve into our spirituality, as we make that a focus in our life, we cannot truly be spiritual beings unless we allow ourselves to be actively involved. Today I'm going to ask you to be actively involved. I'd like for you to go to reciprocityfoundation.org. Please make a donation. Support this organization in attaining more computers, in attaining more funds to support these kids with different projects in helping these kids to attain the tools and information necessary so that they can go out in the world and get good jobs so that they can support themselves and they can come back and support others. I will be right back with Adam Bucko, reciprocityfoundation.org. Awakened 
media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Reciprocity Foundation's programs fill a much-needed gap in our systems of homeless youth by providing programs and hands-on work opportunities that enable these youth to break the cycle of poverty and start sustainable careers. I would like to ask you to get involved. Go to reciprocityfoundation.org. Donate $50 and enable a homeless youth living in a homeless shelter the opportunity to be mentored for one year by a professional in the industry of their choice. 
for $100, give the gift of enabling a homeless youth to gain access to professional counseling and coaching, helping them build strong interpersonal life skills. For $250, give a group of homeless youth the ability to acquire teamwork, communication, and presentation skills to succeed in the workplace. Give even more, and let's help get these kids where they need to be. They've undergone some very difficult circumstances, but these are the kids that have the passion, that have the vision, that have the drive to give back to our society. And it is our own society right now that is crumbling. So we need to invest in the ones that are really hurting at the bottom because they're going to be the ones that can turn around and save us from ourselves. So I am with Adam Bucko in ReciprocityFoundation.org, and you were talking about your contemplative practice that you have that really keeps you centered and grounded and and allows your heart to continue working in a field that I know is challenging because you do face struggles in having enough funding and being able to help these kids. But there's another piece, and that is we have to be actively involved. We can't just go off on a mountain and and, you know, be in that spiritual side of ourselves, it has to be balanced with our hands and our feet and our minds and our mouths working towards something, and that's what you do. Yes, you know, I I would say that I spent a good part of my 20s aspiring to sit on a mountaintop and and meditating, and I lived as a kind of lay monastic. I lived in the city, but I was very detached from the world, and I was uh, you know, just pretty much focused on pursuing my spiritual practice or trying to pursue my spiritual practice. Um, and when I went to India, a lot of things changed for me. I went to India to, to, to go uh, even deeper into uh, into that. But, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, m- I met that homeless child, and all of a sudden um, I was brought back to earth, so to speak. And I still went to the Himalayas, and I spend some time at a hermitage meditating, and in a while there I realized that uh, after that experience of meeting a homeless child, being in the Himalayas and, 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 and just meditating seemed a little bit irrelevant to me. So as a result, I decided to go back and enter a different monastery, a monastery that was located right next to a big slum, a monastery that was dedicated to uh, helping some of the poorest of the poor. And there uh, we were integrating contemplative practice with active service in the world. And, uh, you know, for anyone interested in this, uh, I would uh, definitely, you know, recommend a couple of books, such as The Hope by Andrew Harvey, or, um, you know, there are a few other books that really that really show us how to integrate sacred action with, uh, with, with, with spiritual practice. Uh, in my life, um, you know, I discovered that in order for my actions to be sacred actions, in order for my service to, uh, to become sacred service, I have to follow uh, specific steps, so to speak. So, for example, every morning before going to the office, uh, I meditate right when I get to the office. I pray and meditate. And when I start working with kids, um, you know, there's a specific thing that I do. I try to be very present to what is the reality of that child, of that kid. And usually I experience a heartbreak. And that heartbreak inspires me to act. But right when I'm about to engage um, in acting, 
I have to stop myself and just sit there in an openness, uh, believing that an inspiration will come to me. And, and so, 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 so I, I start acting and then I stop. I just sit there in openness uh, and I try to pay attention to that inner voice within me. And, and, and once I sense that impulse, I say yes to it. And then, uh, you know, my actions are almost kind of like taken over by that impulse. Um, and, and that's when sacred action happens, you know. Uh, and, and then it doesn't really matter what I do, you know, because my goal is to just be a vehicle uh, for God's action in the world, so to speak. Um, and then as long as I can do that, it always works. It's when I try to figure out, you know, how to solve a problem on my own. Um, that's when my actions are not so effective. But whenever I listen to that inner impulse and whenever I say yes to it, it always works. And so to me, that's what sacred activism, that's what contemplative activism is, is all about. That, that was beautifully said, and, and that's what true power is about. It's when we really allow ourselves to tap into that core that, that is so far beyond even us. And, and yes, we allow and, it to be accessed. Let me ask you, Adam, one one question, and I know we're coming towards the close of the show, but what has been the greatest gift to you through this experience of Reciprocity Foundation? What has been your greatest lesson and the greatest gift? Well, you know, Reciprocity Foundation and this work changed my life. It enabled me to feel God's presence in my life on a daily basis. Every time I go in, every time I sit there in openness, um, you know, I'm filled with this beautiful and loving presence. And to me, that's the biggest gift uh, that, that, that I could ever get, so to speak, you know. Uh, so working with these kids really changed my life. And, and even though, yes, you know, I serve and I give, I would say that I am the one who really benefits from it. Wonderfully said, because when we do give, we, we often are the ones that end up, are the ones that we end up receiving. That's wonderfully said. Is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know about Reciprocity Foundation or any request that you would like to make from the heart? Well, you know, I would just like to encourage everyone to get on our website um, and, and basically, you know, go through the same process that I just described. Um, you know, to, to get on our website, see some of our videos, uh, and see whether they are moved to do something about it. And if they are moved to do something about it, to just really trust that impulse within them. And, you know, for some people it might be giving us a call and trying to support us. For other people it might be getting involved, um, you know, in a homeless shelter uh, in their own local community. Um, that's what I would like everyone to do because um, you know we have to start paying attention we have to uh, start saying yes to God in our lives and and I think that the best way to do it is to is to be present to to, to, to all the suffering around us you know so say yes to reciprocityfoundation.org take a moment after this show and go right to their website and I hope you'll make a donation to support some of our homeless youth I have been with Adam Bucko, ReciprocityFoundation.org. Thank you, Adam, for being on the show. Next week we have James Twyman and his new book, The Barn Dance. So I look forward to talking to you then. I am Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you so much.
Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management.